Don't make me turn this podcast around. You're listening to the Reno Dads podcast. We're dads talking about dad stuff. We're doing the dad thing in the biggest little city in the world, Reno, Nevada. But we're talking about things that all dads and parents can relate to. We'll share fatherly war stories, discuss manly things, and even get into the tender moments of fatherhood. We want you to be a part of the conversation, so join us and listen in. Oh, and be warned, dad jokes ahead. All right, cool. So I uh, got the Reno dads on for the uh, COVID-19 version of our uh, of our podcast. And we got David, Mike, Jake, Steve, and Josh. Welcome, boys. Hello. Hello. Jinx, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You owe me a candy bar. <laughs> Jinx. So um, what's everybody been doing? Oh, I mean, what's, what's keeping you guys like, I mean, what, how are you keeping your, yeah, I mean the house, yeah, I wanted to hear about the house project. So Josh, you've been like super active. I've seen all your stuff on Facebook. Like you're like the handyman in the, in the backyard. What's going on? What have you been doing? Keeping, I, keeping busy. I told my wife today, I said, I don't know how people say that they're bored being at home. Like I always have stuff to do between just work and then house projects. Like I almost feel like I need more time to do stuff because, um, one of the neighbors in town, I just, we have, I live in cold Springs and uh, we have this little um, neighborhood community page on Facebook where people, you know, just ask questions or, you know, just <laughs> community relations. And, and uh, I had posted on there and asked if anybody had uh, a swing set that they were, you know, wanted to get rid of. Cause my son had been wanting to go, who's you know, almost three and been wanting to go to the, the park. And of course we're not supposed to go to the park. So I was like, I'm just going to build a park in the backyard. So I'd asked them the, community page anybody had a playset that they were willing to sell because i was looking on like costco and walmart and wayfair and they're all sold out like people have been buying up you know playsets like crazy and so i figured i'd buy somebody's used one um and one of the neighbors was like you can have this old one uh you just gotta come over and take it down so i went over to his house and disassembled it threw it in the back of my suv uh in pieces brought it over my house uh, my wife and i well, well, I, I reassembled it, built a new deck for it. And my wife and I restained it. And now we've got a, uh, a park in the backyard. I got a tire swing hanging off the tree. And, um, that was the first project and then built a fire pit this week. And so that was another project and I needed some firewood. So I went and asked people if I had firewood. So I went and go get, went to go get that. But then I realized I needed to build a, a firewood, you know, like holder in my bag. So I built that and, I've been busy. Yeah, you have. So that's, a, that's awesome, dude. Like I love, I love the backyard um, playground, man. That thing looks amazing. You did such a great like recovery and reuse of that thing, man. That's just like perfect. Thanks. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And my son loves it every day. Uh, he wants to be pushed in the swing. And so we have like swing time every single day in the backyard. Right after we're done with this, I'm going to go out and uh, have a, have a, our second bonfire. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a bonfire, just a fire pit fire. It's a pretty big fire pit though. So, uh, we've had a lot of backyard time and I redid the grass. So it's been a, it's been a backyard, uh, month. So back, Steve, back streets yeah, back. Oh, my right. back. What's up? Steve, what's going on in your house? How are you, how are you faring through the, uh, what, what are we week six now? Weeks? How, how long eight. has it been? Eight? Yeah. I've been home Eight weeks now, working from home with the kiddos. Yeah, are you doing any of the? Are you doing the the, the schooling, or is your uh, your 
your par partner doing it? No, it's me mostly. Yeah. Actually, it's funny when we kind of started this whole thing, I was like, well, I mean, let's kind of just figure out, you know, what do you want to learn today? We had a bunch of like different science kits and stuff like that. Cause I'm into that. And, uh, we were having fun with that. Um, but then, you know, when Washoe County School District kind of got their act together and started holding us accountable to their curriculum, uh, all the fun kind of went out the window. <laughs> we were learning. We were doing a lot of learning. But, uh, you know, all the fun stuff kind of went by the wayside. So, I think there's a probably a, a sweet spot for the age that it works for. Like, I think if they're too young, you really do have to kind of watch them. And then there's kind of this you know, point where they get to be like, oh, they're, they're pretty self-motivated sometimes. And then they kind of, they want to, they want to do the work sometimes. I don't know. I mean, my kids seem that way when they were younger. My seven-year-old, we do it with them. I don't even know what my 10-year-old does during the day. Just, yeah, he does his, his Zoom with his class, does his homework and whatever. So he does was, it out on the balcony. Like we don't even see him. When I was belly aching about uh, being a stay-at-home single dad, um, my kids are five and three, almost three. Just turned five last this week, and almost three, and so they're not doing anything. I have to chase them around because they chase each other around, and um, heads collide. Yeah, that's what I mean. Things. Like when they're down in that age, you know, in the five-year-old <laughs> range, you're not you're not just sitting them down and having them do work. Like they're just that doesn't no. happen. No, a lot of effort, a lot of effort, a lot of empathy for. Uh, people who have multiple children who are now uh, becoming educators. Well, that and people trying to actually do real jobs during the day, you know, yeah. trying to balance teaching your kids, babysitting your kids and doing your job on it. Yeah. That's Good the on challenge them. for me too, with my six year old, like, all right, we go over the assignment. Hey, here you go. You know what you're doing? Yeah, I do. And then my wife's got to get on a call. I've got to get on a call. I circle back a half hour later He's maybe written a couple words <laughs> and I think he's just sort of staring off in the distance. He's just, he hasn't done it. It's not that he got into any trouble or watched TV or anything. He's just The kid's out. not a self-starter, Mike. Sorry to break it to you. No, no, he needs, <laughs> he needs a task. He needs a kettle drum just like pounding in the background to keep him on task. What do you Stroke. think the long-term, like, what, what do you think the long-term effects going to be about all of this? Like for the kids themselves, or, or is it just for a couple of months, it sort of felt like it was really weird. And then we're going to get back into a, a normal routine at uh, like physical school. They'll get back into the routine, I think. And I think they really need the routine yeah. that school offers. I, or I, I think they enjoy the routine that school offers better than what I offer here at home. Uh, but uh, I think they'll get back to normal. Although I do wonder if most will be a few months behind. I'm, I'm wondering if next year's curriculum is going to start off with the end of this year's curriculum. Mm -hmm. well, I don't, I, you know, for the, the listening audience to give a peek behind the curtain, we had some technical difficulties and I don't know where it shut off, but I was uh, opining at one point about the, the start of school and um, how many people would show up, you know, in person uh, versus parents who choose to withhold their kids and how much strain that was going to provide you know, for the, the classroom setting and the teachers and the administrators. Um, but you're, you're right, Mike, about the, the routine is really critical and we just can't provide a, a consistent routine at home. Even if we are like, I just happen to have a background in education. Um, I could teach, uh, but can I teach and do work? No, not effectively, not at all. And then, and then we, um, you know, what are we doing? We're grading assignments that our own kids did. <laughs> like, like, 
I, I trust very few people with that fidelity. I don't even know if I trust myself. So yeah, I don't, I don't know long-term what this looks like. Hopefully it's not long-term, but hope mm-hmm. is not a strategy. So I think, I think some um, people who are in positions of greater influence than myself are uh, debating this and considering it. You know, what, what does August look like? You know, we're in May right now. What does August and September look like if this thing isn't, you know, truly put down the way that we want it to be put down? I don't know. Yeah. And Jake, you were remarking well, too that, uh, you know, even, even if everybody gets a green light in August to head back to school, there'll still be parents that don't feel comfortable with that. And so classrooms could be unpredictably empty or full. Oh, it just depends. Do they want to keep the kids? I'm sending them to school, man, whether they're open or not. Just yeah. <laughs> go, hang, go hang outside your classroom and look in the window or something. I don't know. Hashtag Come back herd in six immunity. hours. <laughs> yeah, you know, David, you post, you posted something on, uh, on your Facebook page, like maybe last week or something about like how kids are the real heroes right now and they're adjusting and, and, uh, you know, they're all their sports are canceled. All their friends are canceled. All the, like everything that they're used to, their routines are just completely upended and, uh, they're taking it in stride. Um, and that's something that I've, I've been struggling with because I know that being in the house with me all day is a lot for anybody, let alone, you know, a seven-year-old who's got a bunch of energy. And I just, I don't know. I'm, I've been kind of struggling with trying to make sure that I, I keep it active, keep them active, make sure that they get outside, but also that they have some sort of social outlet outside of myself. Uh, Cause I just, I don't fit the bill at this stage in her life, you know? And I guess this is a nice little segue into a shameless pitch on an article I wrote that's coming out this week depending on when this podcast is posted. Everybody read but, the article. Uh, the, uh, well, yeah, I already wrote the article. It's already been posted to people. But anyways, it's about scheduling for kids and what the experience mm-hmm. we had to go through with a couple weeks in. You know, we had spring break and basketball was canceled. Um, camp was canceled. Little League was canceled. Everything was canceled, as was school. But since it was spring break, it was just like, all right, let's just live it up for a couple weeks, see what what happens and of course it only got worse from there so we had to come up with a schedule like a college schedule you know where every monday wednesday friday you do these things at 11 o'clock whatever Mm. it's your econ class or whatever it is so i created a schedule with half hour increments and sat down with the kids and figured out what do they have to do you know they have a set schedule for school so i put that information on there um they do, they have a set schedule for their athletic teams. So their um, baseball team that they do, they have their set practices, their jujitsu. So we put this all in a calendar and then we set up regular time for outside time and workout time. And there's a ton of free time, most importantly, where the kids could do whatever they want. Right. So they could play video games. They could chat with their friends on, you know, messenger or whatever they got. And that was important to getting the kids back on track and I had to do that for myself, going. David. Like I, I, I gotta tell you, I was like two weeks into this thing. I'm not I'm not kidding. I was like I was like in this spiral two weeks in and I'm like, what am I doing? What seriously, what am I doing? And I was like, I, I sat myself down and I literally said, Okay, I'm this is before I got this job that just started this week. I sat down and said, Okay, I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna get in the booth here, I'm gonna record auditions, I'm gonna do some like I was gonna that's what I'm going morning, and then then I'm gonna go work out and gonna have some lunch, and then I'm gonna go do in the afternoon, I'm gonna do these other things. And like it literally took me a week 
plus to like get into a routine because normally, you know, in my normal routine, I'm up, go swim or go to the gym or whatever. And all of that was closed. And it just like, I just like sort of threw my hands up. I'm like, I'm done. And I actually felt myself spiraling into this, like, oh, I'm just going to hang out on the couch. You know, this like lasted almost two weeks. I can picture you sitting there in front of the mirror, all haggard, looking at yourself, asking what you've become. <laughs> what, what have I become? <laughs> Into what health have I descended? Yep. Yeah. And there yeah. at your vanity. You know, and the cool thing about all this is it took everybody a couple of weeks or so to figure out how this whole Zoom thing they've never heard on. Sorry, kid walking in. He's not following his schedule. He should have been in bed. It's like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, how's that schedule working out there, DB? <laughs> tell us more. He should be reading right now. I'll tell you that much. But uh, so anyway, if, apparently if I'm on a podcast, schedule falls apart. But anyways, like, so my oldest kid is doing, and they talk about the mental game of baseball, like, you know, positive self-talk, all these great things teaching kids how to be just better people in general, but also better baseball players. And uh, it's helping on the mood, but you're just seeing all these organizations adapting to the situation and then still providing the services that have been providing just virtual environments. Fantastic. And it's helped make the schedule work because at one o'clock, they either got to be on it or they miss it. It's not like you could just go make it up, you know? So I want to I want to birdwalk that just a bit for a second because one of the silver linings I see from this as a mental health practitioner is that for forever um, my people have avoided technology. Um, the rest of the medical community is starting to embrace it, but the the mental health clinicians have not, and there's reasons for that that I'm not going to get into. But what this has done is it's compelled everybody to do it, and it what. Compulsion does is it, it increases your competence in performing that very service, whether you want to or not. If you want to stay alive, you're going to go into telehealth. And what the silver lining I see becoming is um, it's here to stay and it's going to remove a lot of uh, barriers to care and it's going to improve care access to places like rural areas, you know, geographically distant places. And then even just, um, you know, oh my gosh, my schedule went sideways this morning. I can't make my appointment because I got to drive all over town. It's like, well, no, you got Zoom on your phone. Just pull over, stop, take an hour. You don't have to drive all the way to the office to have the appointment or snow days. You can still get your care, you know, and I'm, I'm really encouraged by the, the evolution of this and the evolution of my, my people in my profession. I, I got to believe that's true across many professions now. I mean, we're going to have to start questioning, you know, the, the validity of not staying at home to work. You know, it's like, no, you must come to the office. It's like, well, we did it for six months or however long this lasts. And, you know, the world didn't fall apart. So I, I, I think that's a good thing. I appreciate you bringing that up. And one thing um, to take off my dad hat and put on my healthcare administrator hat, telemedicine is, it's negligent if large employer insurance companies aren't offering that. That's um, right. That's right. It is the best way to reduce cost all around. And I mean, not even talking about COVID or any of this, just you're right. Six months ago, they should have had it because it's going to reduce urgent care costs. It's going to reduce volume in the emergency room, further reducing costs because the vast majority of people going to the emergency room don't need to go to the emergency room. Right. Um, and that's just, that's just the numbers and it raises yep. costs. All that. This will change everything. And as it should, there should be yeah. more than just urgent care, emergency room tiers of medicine. It should be telemedicine first, right? You know, yeah, and I'm, um, 
I'm looking at things like license portability now becoming a real thing instead of this like territorial turf war that goes on where it's like, well, no, Nevada has the better standard than South Dakota. We can't honor the South Dakota license. It's like, no, you don't get that choice anymore. And in 2015, the Nevada legislature compelled all insurance companies to cover telehealth anyway, and they, sh- they, they have to if they want to operate in the state of Nevada. I could see all 50 states now being compelled to do the same thing where it's like, well, <laughs> cat's out of the bag now. We don't get to put these artificial restrictions in place. So, yeah, great, great, great conversation. And as dads, I mean, if we bring it back around, like we want the, the quickest, best access of, to care for our children and our families, right? So, you know, why, why would we not want to go that route? Virtual is so, great. Yeah, we've been using telemedicine for years. I mean, this is industry I work in anyways, but um, it's so much easier to just call the doctor for the kids, you know, tell the doctor what's going on. You know, here's the symptoms. It's an earache. We all know what an earache is. The doctor knows. I mean, yes, doctors are horribly going to overprescribe antibiotics, but, you know, that's just the cost of doing business that way. We're able to get in, get a prescription, get everything taken care of in under an hour, you know, in and out of the pharmacy back home, where if you go to an urgent care or try and make an appointment with a doctor, God forbid, it's not happening. So from a dad standpoint, it's the easiest thing in the world to just pull it up, talk to a doctor, get some counseling or whatever it is, you know, and I've had the doctor, like personally, I've called and the doctor's like, none I could do for you. You just got to suck it up, bud. Rub some dirt. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah, pretty much. They're like, this isn't something you could use antibiotic for. And I was like, okay, so I'm like the 20% who doesn't get my prescription. She's all, yeah, there's nothing you could do. Just drink it off or something. I don't know. Get some bleach. Talk, Dave. It's, Jonathan, get us back so, on track quickly. <laughs> you get some really <laughs> We're going so, down a rabbit hole. <laughs> it's telemedicine so much better as from a dad standpoint. You know, take care of the kids. Don't take them to an urgent care where all the sick people are. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, impressed, Mike. You, you've been out a lot with the family going and uh, checking out all the letters, right? You've been up, the, up yeah. the hills. I'll tease that article too. I'm writing a guide to all the hillside letters uh, awesome. in, in our area. So there's Inspired also- I, me to take the S. Yeah, baby. I, I even went up to your uh, read R. Uh, it was nice. all of five minutes to get up there. Nice. What's, what's, the hard, what's the hardest one? What did you decide the hardest one was? Carson City, C. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's challenging. For sure. But they're fantastic. Like the Damani Ranch D is cool. There's wild horses all over the place up there. So um, just real cool environment. You got to watch your step, of course, uh, <laughs> where you're walking when there's a lot of wild horses around. What about but, snakes? Yeah. Stepped on a snake up there. yeah, I was going to ask you, did you, you run into any snakes? <laughs> we didn't up there. I mean, Dave, Dave and his family did up there when they t- took a trip. Yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've been hearing about some snakes, not, not danger ropes. Danger ropes. <laughs> Nevada. Yeah. Where are your boots? Yeah. The, Carson, the Carson City one was tough, but it was like filled with all these dad moments of like, you can do it and never give up on yourself. And sometimes things in life are hard, but if you d- never quit, you can't, you know, like all of those like great dad moments of advice. Oh, I hope those are all in the article. I want to, I want to see, I want to read all of those, Mike. I want to read all of those. All right. I'll, I'll provide a script for dads for all this stuff you can, can, uh, can rattle off. Pithy yeah. cliches by Mike McDowell. Absolutely. Uh, oh, it was, it was drenching in all those one-liners. Well, those really really inspiring. So thank you for posting those, man. Those are good. Yeah. I like, yeah, I like seeing them. I definitely, I want to see the guide because I, I would love to go out and check a couple of those out. 
Yeah, I learned a lot about um, about them. Nevada actually has the fifth most hillside letters uh, in the United States. And somebody counts them and keeps track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm offended that we're fifth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how, how are we fifth? There's like every town everywhere. has one. Every yeah, mining California. town, California, every high school has them. Uh, and well, considering how big, how much bigger California is, yeah. than us, we, we can, can take it on as our as our personal yeah. mission. There's plenty of blank mountains out there. We can take it on as our personal mission to start adding letters till we're first. That's motivation. I'm putting a DB up on the mountain now. I'm going to go find <laughs> no. one. If you're not first, you're last. So, yeah, and then we took up geocaching as well. Um, yeah. And that was, that was uh, based on the inspiration of, um, of Daniel's article, another Reno dad in, in one of his articles. And that's been a blast. That's been super cool. We went up to the... Uh, to the Sparks S and hidden up in the rocks, not not where the S is, but just a little bit to the north is um, a geocache. And if you don't know what geocaching is, it's basically just hidden. It could be hidden anything. It can be like a little pill bottle with um, with just a, a log or a scroll in it that you sign that you've been there. Or um, the one that we found up by the S is a Mr. Potato Head, like a big uh, Mr. Potato Head that was filled with toys and all this kind of stuff. So it's just cool to to get the kids out there, and and you just have an app, and it kind of guides you guides you in, and you start poking around and um, basically find hidden treasure. It's cool. I wish I'd known that. We, if I'd known that at the time, we uh, we would have dug that up. That's really cool. I might have to go back now. Sweet. Yeah. Sometimes it's tough. There was one up there and you ask for a hint if you can't quite find it. And the hint was that it was near the rusty can. And there's like a dozen rusty cans up on the mountain. <laughs> you go, that's not helping me much. All right. I'm starting to think this could be a good CIA teaching kids dead drop article. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> dead drops. It's you gotta put the tape you know, out. You gotta put the tape on the on the mailbox. What's a dead yeah, drop? Yeah, or you a dead oh, drop. Did, it's when you're trying to get information or money or didn't you see? Did, did you watch the Americans? Did you watch the Americans? That that um. So yeah, when you're trying to like all transfer my, information, transfer all information. My CIA knowledge comes from Dave. So you're transferring information. Yeah. You know they would you put a little chalk flag, a mailbox. Chalk a mailbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It, I mean, it's geocaching for spies. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Find all sorts well, of cool right, stuff so, that people left yeah, behind. So, so last last topic. What's uh, speaking of like television shows? What's everybody's uh, kind of binging these days? Anything good? And are you watching anything good, Mike? What's TV? What's TV? Jake says. Dino Dana. Dino Dana is on my TV a lot. Dino Dana. If you give a mouse you. a cookie, that's about it. <sighs> that sounds like kids kid stuff. Yeah. Oh, kids stuff. I was like, dude, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and my kids discovered I mean, I, I was, uh, Power Rangers, like every you know uh, form of it, whether it be Dino Charge or Ninja Steel or something. So that's been pretty much on loop for the last like, two or three weeks. But me personally, I rediscovered um, uh, Archer, which is a yep. pretty rad show on FX. And then uh, what else did I start? Oh, I revisited uh, Scrubs. I just, I love that show. Every time I come back to it, I laugh, I cry. <laughs> I have a whole roller coaster of emotions. Nice. And I shall love it. I just I've started got, watching Community again. Yeah. I went, um, I've seen, I think, I, I've, watched I've gone all, in, watched all the Netflix, I feel like by now. I've, I've gone in two directions. I've gone for like totally mindless, which is like Shit's Creek, which I absolutely love. Oh, it's it's, it's freaking hysterical. And then, uh, 
then really ultraviolent. I've been binging uh, Ozark. John Wick. Oh. Yeah, I got to watch Ozark. Ozark is like heavy, intense stuff, man. I'm not going to lie. That stuff it's is... breaking bad, but with money laundering. Right. And it's, yeah. 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 And it's like, you know, rednecks versus the, you know, Mexican cartels. I did lie. I, it's not all that's been on the TV. Um, about four nights a week, Heather and I have been, have started, we just started about a, two weeks ago, rewatching, oh, well, I don't know, watching for the first time, I guess, all the bonds in order from the beginning from Dr. No. And so we, we just watched You Only Live Twice uh, last night. But what started it was about four weeks ago, we went through all the Pierce Brosnan bonds. And then we're like, we should, we should just watch them all. And I'll tell you what, it's amazing how many cultural innuendos and references are in the first five Bond flicks. It's not just Austin Powers, which is a total like satirical spoof on all of them, but like, you, if you haven't seen the 1960s Bond flicks with Sean Connery, you you really should do yourself a favor and watch them. Thunderball sucked, but the rest of them are quite good, and they hold up really well. Dave and I were just ranking the Bonds earlier this week. <laughs> oh, for real? I'm still yeah. – That's I'm, an article. That's, that's an, article. an article. I'm a, I'm a big wait, Daniel Wait, 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 because I want to chime in. Not the, not, the, um, not the actual movies, just the actors. That just the them. actors. I have a oh, favorite, for uh, sure. I have oh, a favorite, for sure. I'm, I'm in the school of, of Connery, and no one else is closer. Wow. I like Daniel I Craig. Roger Moore is pretty good. Daniel Craig all the way. I thought ben Roger – I thought Roger Moore was so campy. Like all of those movies were, I mean, Moonraker for real. Moonraker was nothing like the book, by the way, like not no. even close. No, like none it, of them are though. No, but it, but the it's bonds not aren't close. Even anything like the book. Yeah. Except yeah. for Daniel Craig's bond. He is the closest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Scottish, Scottish born. Yeah. Not even mm. that. Just fatalistic. Just yeah, his whole approach is yeah. dude. That's why he's the best. It's much grittier, but but there's a sexiness to Connery that I oh. think Mike Mike is referencing. That you know when Hello. you when you set the standard, you know it's like Keaton as Batman, and we can have that negotiation too. <laughs> but you you like you set the oh, standard, God. and you're like, well, <laughs> you know, he's a Clooney guy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Christian Bale was pretty good. Christian Bale was good. I agree. But Christian Bale didn't throw his hat on the hat rack like Sean Connery. Wait, no, sorry, I'm conflating. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're crossing. He takes you're off his ears and you're crossing the streams. No, that's right. awesome that you're watching yeah. all the bonds. That's so, a good so idea. How many? How many oh, are there? Like twenty? It's like are there twenty or more? I'm not sure. More? I didn't count them. Yeah. I don't know. I did. They, I did notice there were two significant gaps. There was a six-year gap mm-hmm. uh, from like 1996 to 2001 or something, 2002, and then there's a five-year gap right now uh, mm-hmm. from 2015 to present. And that, and outside of that, they're all about two years or fewer apart. I was going to say that topic of uh, sort of what we've been watching, um, sort of like how Jake is, but by virtue of my ten-year-old, since he's reading all the Harry Potters, every time he finishes one. We watched the movie, so uh, he just finished the fourth one last night. So we'll watch the f- fourth movie tomorrow, and it starts to it, get I dark. Mean, that's how it's going to get dark. You know that, right? You know, I mean, you've read them, right? So it gets dark. Yeah, I read them yeah. on the yeah. government's dime when I worked for the agents. Read them 
My tax dollars at work. How dare you? God. So Jake, are, are all just one quick, quick question. Are all of the films, all the Bond films in one place? Like, can you get them from Netflix or I can't remember. Are they on, on Amazon? Amazon. Amazon. I get them on Amazon Prime. Some are free. Some you have to pay four bucks to rent. Um, yeah. Okay. Which is this. I don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> it's so funny how, like, I, this should be my article, actually, Mike, because I've taken, like, six months off of writing because I'm, I'm a jerk. Um, but I, um, I realized there's a, there's a certain mentality that's crept into my head that, that wasn't there when I was younger. And, and I don't mean younger like kid. I mean younger adult where when we had video stores, we had no problem going and renting the video and paying our three or four bucks you know it's like $1.99 for the old ones and like $3.99 for the new ones or whatever and we take them home and, our, and we'd put them in our player and we'd watch them and then we'd return them the next day and Amazon has the same setup where you can pay $3.99 to watch this movie uh, or some of them are included in the prime subscription and I'm always so like jaw clenching offended that I have to pay for a movie and to be streamed into your I house. know right like, <laughs> like check my privilege um but but it was it was an awareness that I had that um I wouldn't have thought twice about this years ago I'd just gone down to to um Videorama or Blockbuster or whatever and um and checked it out if I wanted to watch it now all of a sudden it's like this hurdle and I think it's it, it's it merits an article to to discuss the psychology behind uh, how complacent and entitled and and um, an instant gratification driven we've become. So uh, that's all to say. Yeah, some of them you have to pay for, some of them you don't. But um, my wouldn't own that be the opposite sucks. of instant gratification if you refuse to pay to get that instant re- gratification? No, no, it's three dollars. It's, it's that I expect that it will be free and instantly delivered because I'm already paying for my my fee, right? I shouldn't have to pay extra in my own mind because everything else is like all inclusive. You know, like go to Mexico and yeah. it's like, what do you mean I have to pay up for the shrimp? Like this is an all inclusive resort. Um I'm just, like somehow you- offended. <laughs> like dude, in the States this this dinner would cost you a hundred dollars. Here it's costing you two fifty two dollars and fifty cents to add shrimp. I'm like, come on, get over it, man. Um, meanwhile, like I have a beer uh, out and it's like $7 a pint. Like, why am I blinking at this two hour entertainment streamed into my living room for five bucks? Anyway, good point. Rant you know what I want to watch? What's that? Sports. God, I'm missing. <sighs> I'm, I'm the I'm NFL really schedule came out today. And I was just like, yeah. excited, man. The Las Vegas Raiders are playing their first home game against the Saints. Second yeah, week of the season. Right. Yeah, and Still the Cowboys play the Niners this season. Do you think they'll have crowds? I, I mean, are they going to have like the stadiums open? I mean, what's going to happen? No, oh. oh. passing disease. Come on, man, can't have that. No, so I can't imagine any stadium incapable of you know spacing people out. Come on, they should be able to figure something out. I left yeah. my crystal ball in the shop where it's being worked on, so I can't. I can't tell you guys. There's been opposition from players to play in front of empty stadiums, but I think that may be what it starts off with. If Virtual they crowd noise, yeah, pipe in the crowd noise. It's legal now. The Wolfpack well, makes it work neighbors. in November. <laughs> Sorry, shots fired. <laughs> I say I have my kid pitching in front of the house every day or two, whatever his schedule says. 
And uh, one of my neighbors, you know, when he's walking by, he just sits there and stops and watches and we're talking. He's all, this is the only baseball I get to see right now. Yeah. So I thought you were going to say you pipe that in crowd noise while your kid's practicing. You should pipe in some heckling and some crowd noise. Get him ready for the conditions. <laughs> he's got leaf blowers running on the sides. <laughs> The neighbor, the neighbor sits there and stares, and he imagines like batters and batters hitting balls, and then ghost runners. And I'm definitely missing some baseball. I was, uh, yeah, I've been thinking about that a bunch. Well, boys, getting a little late, getting a little long in the uh, hour here. Um, appreciate the uh, the time. Thanks for coming out. We'll figure out a way to do this on the regular, and then we'll post it up for uh, you know for posterity for the for the podcast. And if you um, if you're out there listening and have some thoughts about what you want to hear on our little gathering here or what we should be drinking. Maybe you have some thoughts on, you know, some recommendations. Homebrew. I have some, I have some local, um, I do have some local bourbon that I've been trying, which I really like. This was the Frey Ranch. Frey Ranch. Yeah. So we'll talk about the, maybe we'll do that on our next one. We'll talk a little bit about what's, uh, what's good to drink. And maybe we'll incorporate Steve a little more so we don't dominate the conversation and leave him in the shadows down below. Well, well like David <laughs> said, that's my personality. You gotta, you gotta kind of, you kind of have to elbow your way in, Steve. It's just how it is with this crowd, with this crowd. Well, all right, guys, we will uh, catch you later. Right good. Later, guys. Have a good evening, fellas. You've been listening to the Reno Dads podcast on RenoDads.com. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Stop by RenoDads.com and click on Contact Us and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear on our show. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Reno Dads, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us. We hope you'll join us here next time, and we'll see you online at renodads.com.